Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. I am, I will be your host, my name is Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer, and our headphones aren't working. <laughs> I love it. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, in the studio today, I am welcoming welcoming back Joanne McGee, and thank you for being on this, which hopefully will be a positively entertaining show. I'm hoping that we're actually out there. I think we are, as far as I know. Anyway, yep, all oh, the little dials are moving. We're good. That's, that's good, but it's <laughs> McGee, not McGee. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and that's okay. Sorry, sorry. 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 <laughs> no, 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 my apologies. Okay, so we are, well, first of all, I just want to make a few comments about the, yeah, I don't know if we need these. Well, maybe. Sort of. I think I can somewhat hear you in there. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe. Maybe this is what needs to be turned up. No. Anyway. Oh, well. Yeah. We'll work with it. Okay, so we had the big conjunction last week. We stepped back from a war with Iran. Yay. And the rains have started to fall in Australia. Hallelujah. Um, and the only other comment that I'm going to make, I will make when I get to my Where's That Moon? Because there was a nasty little square from Mercury to Uranus, which I personally felt, but the rest of the world might have noticed it as well. So what, what we are going to do is we are going to continue on from where I left off last week with looking at Capricorn in, or Saturn in Capricorn in various houses, just to see kind of a pure, purer, if that's a word, expression of those planets. And so where we left off was on um, the 10th house. And the person that I have for the 10th house is Frida Hughes. Now, let me just give a little bit of a bio because she had some very famous parents. Uh, let's see now. She she herself is a... Um, okay, first of all, a little bit about the 10th house. So what you get with Saturn in the 10th um, is people who, if they do their due diligence, if they master being responsible for themselves, if they understand how to be a boss, etc., then they can have an excellent profession and reputation out there in the world. It's kind of a classic place for Capricorn and Saturn to be. Uh, if they're not responsible, then, you know, they're airing their irresponsibility to the world, and we all see it. So here we have Frida Hughes. And so this chart, I now have names under the charts, yay, on the website. This is from episode 13. Um, if you wanted to go and have a look at her chart. Uh, she is the daughter of two giants of the literary world, Sylvia Plath, P-L-A-T-H, and Ted Hughes. But she didn't read her parents' poetry or any of their written work um, until she was in her 30s. Um, her father, so that would be Saturn in the 10th, um, was used to disappear to write. He worked a lot. He had a very powerful work ethic. He was very disciplined. Again, Saturn, Capricorn, 10th house. Very descriptive of him. Um, 
Yet writing a poem about something painful she has discovered can be her way of digesting it. One of the things I've learned is if we try and put sadness off, it just waits. And in my experience, running away from sadness doesn't do anybody any good. So if we look at her chart, um, that sadness, of course, is going to come from Scorpio on the 8th and uh, also the Venus Mercury in the 12th. And she has good reason for writing about this. Anyone, so she lost both her parents as well, right? If anyone has reason to understand this, it is Hughes. Ten years after her father died, her brother Nicholas hanged himself. Not really a nice thing to do. So you would look at, sorry. Okay, so siblings are third house. I shouldn't be laughing. Uh, siblings are third house, and that's moon and Gemini. The ruler of that is Mercury, and where is it? In the 12th house of death darn. Uh, she never wanted to have children. I don't blame her. Okay. Um, and uh, so she says, so she didn't, although she has married and divorced three times. Again, she has Venus ruling uh, the seventh house and it too is in the 12th house. Um, yet she comes across as overwhelmingly positive person who sees the losses she has suffered as a way of reminding herself she is still alive and had better do something worthwhile with her life. Now, if there's any statement that says Saturn in Capricorn in the 10th, that would be it. <laughs> had better do something worthwhile with her life. I have a real consciousness that I will never get today back today is going to be as good or as bad as i make it and again saturn capricorn taking responsibility that to me was an amazing example of what saturn in capricorn can be like any comment there my dear no <laughs> okay not a problem <laughs> yeah some of these are just oh so amazing. Okay, so the next one I have is of course Saturn now is moving. I've moved it into still in Capricorn in the 11th. And this one was Antonio Banderas, that marvelously hunky guy. <laughs> well, at least in my opinion. <laughs> he might not be everybody's. Okay, so a little bit about him. Um, born in Spain, obviously. Uh, his parents, his dad was a policeman, uh, his mom was a school teacher, raised Roman Catholic naturally, played soccer professionally and probably thought that's where he was going until that ended with a broken foot. So we would look to Mars, which does not rule anything important that I can see, but Saturn in the 11th, which also rules the 12th not sure oh moon in aries well i'll be and that moon in aries is being overcome by saturn right darn okay anyway we're we'll great for those of us who swoon when we see him we're grateful that he didn't just end up playing soccer <laughs> at that time he developed a passion for theater after seeing the stage production of hair uh, Banderas began his acting studies at the School of Dramatic Art in Malaga, Malaga I guess, yeah. Uh, made his acting debut at a small theater there. Uh, his stage performances caught the attention of um, a Spanish film director, Pedro Almodorva, 
who cast the young actor in his film uh, debut, Labyrinth of Passion. So that was 1982. Mm. Um, so those two worked together. And this may be where that Saturn in the 11th house of friends and associates comes in, where, um, you know, this director saw the potential there and they did a lot together um, until... Uh, 1991 when he appeared in a Madonna's film Truth or Dare and that's when he got noticed by the rest of Hollywood and as they say um, the rest is history. Now he has remained um, a staunch passionate soccer fan and supporter of the Real Madrid football club and so that would also speak to the Saturn in uh, the 11th house but not really well. It's hard to do, because um, the 11th house in Hellenistic is uh, actually the, the happiest house. Mm. Yeah, and so it does, you know, I mean, I'm sure in terms of developing his craft, having, you know, Saturn in a good place makes discipline a lot easier. Um, it does trine the Venus, which is in the seventh house in Virgo. I am finding, as I'm going through doing these uh, this radio show, of course, I'm looking at a lot more, um, you know, notable people's charts, and I'm noticing that if you want to be really, really good at a craft, and acting is a craft, um, then you want a strong Virgo circuit. And he has, of course, Venus conjunct Pluto. That's that smoldering look that he has, <laughs> she says, <laughs> with a chuckle. Um, anyway, okay, so that's Saturn in the 11th. And also ruling the 12th, which could be why it, it overcomes the moon in Aries, making accidents and injuries a possibility. Okay, now the last one of this series that we're going to look at is Barack Obama. Now, you would hardly think that there would be any similarity between Barack Obama and Donald Trump. But you know what? There is. They both have Saturn in the 12th house. Now, when I first saw Donald Trump's chart, I thought, oh, yay, he could go to jail. Because <laughs> the, 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 the 12th house is about confinement, right? And I'm like, yes, yes. But then I pull up Barack's chart and I go, what the heck? <laughs> and someone else we know sitting in the, in, uh, the radio station today has... Saturn in the 12th house. Yeah. And so why can that not necessarily be a terribly bad thing? Why? Because Saturn apparently is in its joy, happy place, when it's in the 12th house. Yay. And then it is doubly happy, and for Joanne, this is the case, it's in Libra, and it's exalted. So she pretty much wipes out the negativity of the 12th house, I would say. You know, oh, you yeah. haven't been to jail and... Just visiting. Just visiting. Oh, okay. <laughs> but otherwise, you've, you've spent no time there. No. 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 Um, so the other thing that a person might ask, to, because it's in yours is in Libra, do you know anybody that's been to jail? Any of your partners? A few. Oh, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Seriously? Not, well, not partners as in married. Married, but, but people you've younger, dated? yes. Oh, really? Yes, I had. Okay. Quite a that's jaded... Yeah. Jaded young life. Yes, well, and that's okay, but that's interesting. 
that we could connect that dot, yeah. right? Because it is Libra, so that means relationship. And so if if the guy who she was dating knew that she had Saturn in Libra in the 12th, they'd be like, back go, off. Go away. Go away. I don't want to end up in jail. <laughs> go away. Anyway, so just a little aside there, because that's what astrologers do when they play with this stuff. Yes. So Barack does have it. Uh, it's in its joy, but it is in Capricorn. So it's not necessarily as happy as a Saturn in Libra would be. And what did I say about this? Okay, so because Saturn is confinement, solitude, mental health, or chronic disease. So what I did find out is Obama has written and talked about using alcohol, marijuana, and cocaine um, to push questions of who I was out of my mind. And so he obviously recognized the Capricorn piece that says, I must take responsibility for myself. And, um, you know, I think Michelle spoke about uh, him quitting smoking probably, you know, around the time that he became president. So there it is. You can have Saturn in a poopy place, 12th house, but you can take responsibility, which is what Saturn is all about. Now, did you want to speak a little bit about how you see Saturn? She's, uh, Joanne is taking a course uh, different from the one that I'm doing. And maybe you could just speak a little bit about how it's Deborah Silverman? Yes. Yes. In her course, it's seen as your... Sorry, I've lost it here. No, that's okay. We have time. We um, have lots of time. Your notes. No, my notes yeah. are gone. Oh, your notes are gone. Oh, <laughs> they no. They disappeared. Okay. It's your purpose in life. Yeah. And what you're here for. Yeah. Um, it's quite interesting because... For me, being in Libra, it is the purpose of relationship and right. who I, yeah. and it's not always a good thing. The relationships can be good or it's bad. It's how you handle the relationships. Right, your negotiation, negotiation of that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Saturn, um, the way I used to practice astrology, and I still do, I still use uh, what I have come to understand about Saturn. Um, it's reality testing. So, you know, with Libra, it would be, is this relationship working for both of us or for me or and you know Saturn is going to let you know by transit uh, by the aspects that it makes where you could get tripped up and you know what you have to deal with and and grow up about yeah yeah okay so now I'm going to take just leave that happy little Saturn aside and we're going to go dive into what happens when other planets because other planets are in Capricorn occasionally and what is that like okay so uh, we're going to start with the ascendant and I'm actually going to back up a little bit and look at Willie Mays's chart again um, because he has the moon and the ascendant plus Saturn also in his first house and so I can speak a little bit to the moon in Capricorn because I, I myself have that. And um, so this is your emotional nature. It's how comfortable you are with your feelings. Um, it's what you need in order to feel safe and secure. And that's pretty much because Capricorn is a cardinal sign and it's an earth sign. It means I have to be responsible for feeling safe and secure. So if someone else tries to take that on for me, 
um, it has to be a negotiation because how do they know what I need and want and what feels safe and secure? Um, and so one of the ways that it's transpired is, uh, especially in my, for me, in my working scenario, because it's in my tent, um, is it, um, I always see myself as equal to the boss, right? And bosses tend not to appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I have found out. So if Ron happens to be listening, <laughs> my uh, old boss from Mother Nature, he would go, yeah, that's right. She really does think she's the same as me, and, and she's not. <laughs> I apologize, Ron, but it's just who I am. <laughs> but we're all equal. Well, we are. We are. But, you know, in today's world, we still have a reasonable amount of hierarchy when it comes to the working environment. Anyway, so Willie Mays would have taken it very seriously, his own physical performance. I would have anticipated that he would have set up conditions so that his moon, so he was comfortable and he was able to nurture his physicalness, first house, okay, in order to develop his talent. Um, apparently, he also extended that, so he was considered um, uh, to be an excellent base runner. In other words, it wasn't just me, 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 which it can be with a cardinal sign. Um, he was very much a team player. Let me just look at his chart again. Okay, and that um, looks like the reason for that is Saturn and the Moon were opposite Jupiter in the seventh. So he understood that his, and that's cancer, right? So there's that moon, um, that I am going to be, if I'm nurtured by my teammates, I am going to perform even better. And I had not made note of that, but that's a, yeah, that's how that would have worked. And he did very well in his career, Willie Mays did. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. Now, the next one was a bit of a surprise. Okay, so we all know, you know, that wildly, fabulously looking young man, not young anymore, but I remember the first time I saw him, he was a pretty young man, uh, Brad Pitt. And who would have thunk that behind that jovial, big, smiling face that he often presents to the rest of the world is hidden four planets in Capricorn. He has Mars in Capricorn, Mercury in Capricorn, Moon in Capricorn, and Venus in Capricorn. So mm. we have this closet Capricorn who <laughs> hides behind the large smoke screen like the Wizard of Oz, right? Happy, optimistic, that's me, I've got sad rising, and Jupiter... The ruler of that first house is in Aries, so he's going to be a guy's guy, right? Mm -hmm. And bigger than life. Yep, yep. Um, okay, so what did he do with all that Capricorn stuff? And it's in his second house. Um, this is also a night chart for those who are trying to track along with my Hellenistic bent on this. So that emphasizes the moon and Venus and Mars. And Mars also is exalted in Capricorn. So Mars is a very happy camper in that sign. And this is the second house of, oh, look at that's resources. <laughs> so this guy totally is about the money. Although you would never know that from what he presents, yeah. right? 
you no. just you just wouldn't. I that was a big surprise mm. when I saw this. Okay, so he does have his Saturn in Aquarius, so he gets the whole being responsible thing, and so he can be very responsible with his money. Although he did have a crash and burn and has still, I don't know if he's successfully negotiated it, um, that Mars, even though it is exalted, apparently it can lead him down. And why is that? Oh, Mars overcomes Jupiter now. I'm not sure why that Mars, it does rule his 12th house, uh, which um, has everything to do with, you know, like excess drinking and stuff, which apparently is a problem of his. That would bear some further thinking about in terms of that chart. But what I wanted to emphasize was making good on a Capricorn second house. Um, he made the most money ever, him and Angelina, with selling pictures of their children. Wow, if that isn't Capricorn just <laughs> capitalizing on <laughs> the resources that he has, which is the ability Jupiter in Aries in the seventh. This, this guy may have way more children than he's claiming. <laughs> it's quite possible because <laughs> that Mars does overcome that Jupiter. He, yes, yeah. Okay, so, and he's also linked to famous women, which, um, and to two. So he's got Gemini on the seventh. So, you know, and they, Brad, Jelena, and what was it when he was with um, Jennifer Aniston? So they also had sort of a shortened little name thing for those two when they were briefly married. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, there it is, Gemini on the second house, you know, he's like tagged with famous women. Um, okay, so... Yeah, so all of that Capricorn ties together uh, his sixth house of daily work. So that's Taurus. He's going to be a hard worker because he knows how to take responsibility. Eleventh house of friends and associates. Okay, so he's well-connected in the film industry. Um, yeah, and I've already mentioned about children. Like I say, he's quite possibly has more than what he's claiming. <laughs> Um, Moon is Venus, well, lovably responsible. Let me handle the money, honey. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm curious. I don't, they probably had a really ironclad prenup, the two of them, I'm sure. Um, and so, and we are seeing Aquarius in its other face, and that's in Aquarius. So I thought, okay, well, that's in the third house. What's up with his siblings? And yeah, I'm thinking with it being Saturn in the third house that he's gonna have older siblings, as it turns out not. He is the oldest, so maybe, and of course we, we won't know this, maybe he takes care of them financially because trust me, he's probably got buckets with all that Capricorn in the second house. <laughs> Any comments? Mm-mm. Yeah. Just, whoa. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting when you see, because if you look at just the traditional planets, um, yes. this is what's called a train, okay? When you have them um, less than 90 degrees, and so, well, there's a trine, there's a trine sign-wise between uh, Jupiter, the ruler of the first house. So you, what you go with when you have that kind of a grouping is the leading planet who would be the first to rise and that would be the, the sun. sun yeah so that's why my comment why i made such a strong comment about the fact that yeah we're gonna see that sag before we even know 
there's a Capricorn. Yeah, it's going to be like the big thing. Okay, now our next guy that has other planets in Capricorn is Prince Harry. And I picked him just because he's in the news. And I wanted to look at, um, yeah, how, how is this manifesting? So he has Capricorn rising. So being responsible is just the way he wants to operate. Um, with it, with a sun in Virgo in the ninth, um, that's going to reinforce the earth quality of him being grounded and down to earth. Um, he spent quite a number of years in the military. My suspicion is, even though he would have been protected to some degree, he still would have been very good at it. Um, you know, with the Capricorn rising, they're, they're not going to shirk what they do. Now, of course, the big question um, is the Jupiter... So he wants to be seen in his royalness. That's totally possible. But, you know, wow, I lost my mom to this nonsense. <laughs> and that is very evident. Um, he has moon, which would be representing mom and its opposite Saturn. He has Mars, which is in a day chart, represents violence. Um, and it rules the fourth house of parents. And so there is the signature here of losing a parent. Um, and the fact that his dad, um, uh, son, his son in the ninth house is a wannabe king, whether he, you know, mom ever <laughs> decides to let him be king. Of course, that's another old story in itself. Um, yeah, and his Saturn, of course, is in Scorpio. So handling the emotional loss was huge mm -hmm. for him. Um, and so I'm not surprised that he sees himself probably um, and comports himself in such a way that I am going to protect what I love, right? And the mother of his children. The moon rules the seventh house of his partnership. The moon is in his fifth house of children. Yeah, I'm going to protect them. And so he does live a life that's bigger than most, right? Jupiter, first house. Um but it's all about the relationship. Venus, 10th house, right? Co-ruler of that moon. Yeah. So we wish him well in his endeavors. Now, if he decides to move to Canada, that Aries on the fourth house, that kind of makes sense. Um, what could he do here? He could get into negotiations of some sort. Yeah, Venus, 10th house. He could be a negotiator. Of what? I'm not sure. But... Uh, yeah. Any comments about that one? Uh, just all I see is he wants to follow in his mother's footprints. Yes. Footsteps. Yes. Good point. Good point. Take yes. Care of, take care of people that need to be taken care of. Yes. Good point. I like that. Yeah. Because that Saturn rules that first house. See? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking before the show and she's going, but I don't know what I'm going to say. And I'm going, hello, hello. You've had life experience. <laughs> the only difference is, is I might have a faster handle on the language but life experience is what you look at the symbol and you go what is that you know what would that mean what would that look like in somebody's life and if you've got some life experience then that data helps you fill in the blanks okay so I'm going to leave Capricorn now and we're at we're at the halfway mark okay <laughs> 
Um, and I'm going to look, go back to Saturn, to the plant, planet. So in this section called Getting to Know the Planets, um, we're going to look at Saturn. And so, um, Joanne, your course was saying Saturn is... The purpose, your purpose. Your purpose. Okay. And self-development in the reason for the being. Reason why you're here. Yeah. Like okay. To. So as we're going through the next set of examples keep that imagery in mind as well as where you're developing responsibility where Saturn can best serve you is by developing responsibility in that particular sign and as we go through the examples it'll be in a particular house now for those uh, who are following along with your own chart remember Saturn is easiest if you were born in the daytime. So the sun is above the horizon, Saturn then becomes um, a lot happier. If you were born at night, you're gonna really wanna pay attention because Saturn here is tough. And it's, I don't recommend ignoring it uh, because it can create poopy things in your <laughs> life. My favorite word, poopy. <laughs> okay, so who are we gonna start with? Well, we're gonna start with Saturn in Pisces. And this, mm -hmm. yeah, this particular one, I forgot to print off a chart for myself. So I am going to pull it up on the screen. And it is on the website. So for those of you who also want to look at it. So here we have Robert Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Right, he puts the junior at the end. <clears throat> so he has, guess what? Saturn in Pisces. And it's in that wonderful house of eighth not <laughs> mm. uh, the eighth house in Hellenistic tradition is the 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 poopiest house is 12 the second poopiest house is the eighth the third poopiest house is the sixth and the second is a wannabe poopy house so he has a whack of stuff between the second and the eighth the poor thing but what he also has is this whole Pisces Virgo polarity Okay, and so I'm just going to give a little tidbit about that polarity. This is the axis of codependence. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So it is not uncommon for people with strong Pisces or strong um, Virgo to be involved in relationships where somebody is the addict and somebody is the codependent who enables the person to maintain their addiction, yada, yada, yada. So, and we all know, unfortunately, for Robert Downey Jr., that has been an issue for him. Now, he also pits both of the malefics. Saturn is opposed Mars. My goodness, let's just make it really hard. Let's just crank up the hardness. Okay, but what do we have? We have someone who rose to the occasion, right? In sort of, in Joanne's you know, uh, way of looking at it, that Saturn, obviously, he's been able to he took, learn. He took the right fork. Exactly. You know? That, yes, you mentioned that before. Took, yeah. It's like you have the dark side or the light side. Which yeah. which are you going to choose? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, he obviously, to date, anyway, has taken the right side. So with that um, Pisces, Saturn, so what are they working with? It's all about boundaries your ability to figure out what's your feeling and what is their feelings, or letting someone else be the boss in your life, if it's Saturn there, 
or something else, question, be the answer drugs, alcohol, TV, etc. So when Piscean people, uh, um, so this is, so if you've got ascendant, moon, sun, if you, if you don't have a strong Saturn, then you're not going to know how to build the walls to protect yourself from other people's energetic flotsam and jetsam and yeah so for instance mm -hmm. if a child is born in pisces and i get a chance to make a comment to their parents one of the first things i say to them is please 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 be aware that if you and the guy are having a huge fight do not have the baby in the room because that energetic they have no boundary to that and that boundary is something that they have to learn and so obviously for Robert, he had to learn boundary with people that he would get really involved with. Even though he's a Sun, Aries, Moon, Taurus, he still had to figure out how to build those boundaries, right? How to take responsibility for building those. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, yeah, and, and it'll be similar, although different with Saturn in Virgo, but in Pisces, Saturn in Pisces, totally have to figure out how to do boundary yeah and that wouldn't really matter what house it's in it's just in the eighth it can be a little more intense because it's about shared resources and sex and yeah yeah be interesting to know a little bit of his financial history with all of that virgo in the second um and whether he's had a good time or bad time with money Okay, moving on. So what follows Pisces? We have Aries and a very entertaining chart. Yeah, Albert Einstein. This was, I'm like, huh? <laughs> when I saw it come up in the list of, you know, people that have Saturn in Aries, this one I kind of went, I'm very curious to see. Um, now the time on this chart is 1130 a.m. So I'm assuming that it's an approximate. Um, so we'll take it. A bit with a grain of salt but he would no matter what time of day he was born he would definitely have Saturn in Aries and we look at the fire in this chart right and you you know I would have thought with the guy who you know is basically equal to being a brainiac that we would see a ton of air signs do we no he has Jupiter and Aquarius and that's it but he has his mind is in Aries, Saturn is in Aries, Venus is in Aries. Part of fortune is also there. And again, that would depend on if the time is reasonably accurate. But obviously the fire of life is what inspired him. And apparently he did not do that well in school. No, he was kind of like kicked out. Yeah. He was homeschooled by his mother. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that. And so for him, taking responsibility for how do I translate sun in Pisces? So his connection to the cosmos, Joanne, you would actually understand that. <laughs> <laughs> Joanne's a Pisces. <laughs> yeah. So Not does, quite as smart as him. <laughs> no, but that connection, yes. which, yeah. So obviously he was able to translate that experience of the connection. Pisces, one of the unusual things that they hold, they're the last sign in the circle. 
And so I can remember way back when, when I first started in astrology, people would say that Pisces literally contains them all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I learned that too. Yeah. So if that is even remotely close, which I, I suspect it is because we can, you know, we can invade them. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Very easily. Yeah, very easily, because that whole boundary thing is very real. Yeah. Um, yeah, then it's almost like what he was doing was translating what his fire-in-the-belly experience was like mm-hmm. through that Aries. And, yeah, okay, so that Aries, that Saturn, is ruled by um, Mars and Capricorn. So that's the structure side of it. So translating fire into something that has a structure to it. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. It does. It does. But very surprising. And so obviously the fire piece was something that he took responsibility for, that that he did not let go of. He didn't let anybody put that flame out, even though he was wasn't able to go the classic school route. Um, yeah. I think because he didn't go the classic school route is, be- is why he was able to do what he did. That's probably very true. Very true. Yeah. Ha. Okay. Moving on. So the next one is Gemini. And of course, we, we personally here in Canada, we have, we have a goofy... Gem- no, shouldn't say that. I mean, he's a nice guy and he's growing facial hair. Wow, our prime minister is attempting to grow. No, did I say that? I did say that. Bad brain, bad brain. <laughs> I noticed that too. <laughs> I'm, I have to admit, it made me laugh when I saw that. It's like, oh, somebody told you that you need to look more prime ministerial or something. I more average Joe. Oh, oh, is it average Joe? That's what I see. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Good all point. my men in my family mm-hmm. all have facial hair. Mm. <laughs> okay. It's the average Joe look nowadays. Okay. Down to earth. Down to earth. He has Saturn and Gemini yes. in the tenth. Very prominent. Down to earth is not, not no. what he does. <laughs> Sorry, 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 sorry. I mean, I love the guy, sort of. Well, I'm sad for us as Canadians. No. Um, He does, okay, so he is a sun in Capricorn. So, of course, that Saturn, you know, plays, plays very well up there in the 10th house. Um, Our hope is, okay, so what is it about Saturn in Gemini? This is a mind. And... um, Typically, if I'm confronted or if I've got a client that walks in the door that's sun, moon, or ascendant, very early on in the conversation, I'll ask them, so what happens for you at three o'clock in the morning when the mind is just doing laps? And they'll pause and they'll look at me and I'll go, so what's your solution? And half the time they don't have one, right? And that's Gemini with that Mercury mind air thing running amok. Mm -hmm. So ergo, what I usually let them know is, okay, so in India they have this example of what they call the monkey mind. So what they do is they put a nut in a coconut, 
they have a hole in the top that's just big enough for the monkey to put its hand in. It grabs the nut and then it can't get its hand out. That is literally the Gemini mind. It'll grab something and not know how to let go of it. Ergo, awake, two o'clock in the morning, doing laps, going, oh, I would just like to be able to sleep. So what I point out to them is who said that? What is the part of your character that says, I just need to friggin' sleep? And ergo, the separation. The mind is a tool. The monkey mind is an amazing tool. If we didn't have the monkey mind, you and I would not be conversing. I wouldn't be talking on the radio. Uh, I couldn't communicate. But my heart and my soul is not the monkey mind. And so Gemini has to learn how to make that separation, right, and get really clear on it so that it can bring the tool out. They're usually really good with languages, right? Mm -hmm and put the tool down at two o'clock in the morning so that they can get some sleep, right? So they have to understand that separation. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's hope our prime minister <laughs> has the discipline to understand when the happy look. I think at some times that he doesn't because he's been caught out a number of times in public settings saying things that should not have been said publicly. No. Yeah. So he has a bit of work to do with his Saturn in Gemini. Yeah, learning how to control the monkey mind. Mm -hmm. So the person that I picked, though, was Janis Joplin. Okay, so she too has um, Gemini Saturn. It's in her fifth house of children. It is in a very close conjunction to Uranus that year. So this would have electrified the mind, not that... A Gemini mind needs electrifying. Please and thank you. And why is that even more so? Wow, look at that. She has all that Saturn Aquarius stuff in the first house, including Mercury, Venus, and the Ascendant. This girl had a mind. She had a major mm. mind. And unfortunately, um, that Saturn also rules the 12th house of Capricorn. Um, and her son, and so, um, yeah. And then, not by degree-based, but by sign-based aspect. Mars, which in a day chart is the greater malefic, is opposing that Saturn, ergo a short life. And my suspicion is that she did not truly understand what she was doing when it came to drugs and alcohol and fame and all the rest of it, because she was very young, right? Mm -hmm. And that whole pop icon, whatever, you know, I feel sorry for those folks because, you know, Janis Joplin, um, Morrison, Van Mor, you know, um, there was a bunch of them had no idea what hit them. Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix, exactly. You know, this whole... Jim Morrison, yeah. Yeah, this whole fame thing and the hangers-on and the easy access to drugs, alcohol, women, men, whatever. Yeah, they had no idea. And so for her, my suspicion is, is that her mind just couldn't keep up with what was going on and led to her not understanding the consequences, Saturn, of having fun, fifth house. And that's the other thing. Fifth house isn't just about children. It's also about gambling and having fun. Yeah, I should have mentioned that as well because I'm sure that was part of it. 
Okay, so how are we doing for time? I have 13 minutes. I think I only need... We have time for another one because... Yeah, so did I have another one ready to go? Stephen Hawking, yes. I timed that pretty good. Okay, so another genius in a incredibly gibbled body, unfortunately. So can we see either one? He has Saturn in Taurus. Okay, so one of the keywords that goes with Saturn is limitations and hardening. Now, I'm not terribly familiar. Oh, well, I'm not familiar at all with exactly what sort of ailment that he had. Um, no, no I'm, I'm not knowing. I should have looked that up, but I didn't. But limitation is definitely part of what he had to live through. Okay, so that's Saturn in the eighth. Again, there's another one of those poopy houses. Um, he had the moon in the 12th in Virgo. And so again, not a really happy place for the moon. And um, it's, he's got a grand trine in earth. And um, I don't think I've talked much about if you manage in your own chart to have planets in all three of a particular element. So for him, this is, he's got Saturn in Taurus, moon in Virgo and sun in Capricorn. So that's an earth thing. Okay, and what happens when you get a grand trine is the energy just works really well. So what's the downside of too much earth? They can grind to a complete halt, which he did, mm -hmm. right? You know, he had to have mechanical aids in order to move around, but they understand the physical world, and he did, right? To the nth degree, one could almost say, right? Um, but it's, it needs, you know, an access point out. And for him, that would have been the Mars in Aries in the seventh. And he did have a series of very significant relationships, but I think it was also through those relationships that, um, you know, he maintained the fire because otherwise this earth would just go out, right? It would just succumb to whatever his illness was. Because in, it in and of itself is not going to do anything other than just be grounded. And there's no water in his chart at all. So yes. Non-emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that part is a tricky thing to work out. Um, because I know when I first started in astrology, I used to think, um, for instance, I had someone who had a grand air trine. Okay, so you think, oh, they're all in their head. You know what they were? Market gardeners. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so the lack of something, it's, it's a piece that one, one has to study, right? You have to meet up with people. I know that Grand Trine in water, these people are counselors, yeah. uh, perfect counselors, because they can understand the different ways that humans express emotion. From the course I'm taking, mm. it also says that if you're lacking in something particularly, that's the thing that you're most, you use the most. Ah. Because you don't need it. Right. Because it's that's already okay. there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. That will bode more exploring and more clients. Yes. Because it is clients that teach us mm -hmm. all about what this is like. Okay. So my main point here with... Saturn in 
Taurus in the eighth is he required in order to not grind to a complete halt eighth house he had to join forces okay and he did he was a teacher I think for most of his career mm -hmm. right um, he had relationships he had several of them and they were incredibly important um, because they kept him I suspect motivated Mars okay um, and the other thing that Saturn does, especially in Taurus, this is a dog with a bone. It is not going to give it up. And if I can remember right, I believe Nancy Pelosi, I have her chart on one of the other, I think she has Saturn in Taurus. Dog with a bone. So that means, oh, if we're going to get you out of office, we're not going to let this go. <laughs> we're going to run with it. So upside of, of Saturn in Taurus. This is a rebroadcast of my radio show, Astrology Today, which aired on CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station.